Mate, we covered three states today. Yeah, we did. And the thing that I took out of it is that the the Brisbane Carnival is really starting to heat up. Yeah. That's all, that's all I really care about, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And in probably the feature race of the day, um, full credit to the sponsors of that race as well. Um, but I think I've found one of the great get-out-of-the-casino bets of all time, and you'll actually be able to see that on my Ned's profile this weekend as well. Yes, uh, the Ned's profile is great, mate. Um you know, if you want to follow us in, if you followed uh, us in last week, you would have found a couple that's for sure. Maybe you find some more this week at some value, but uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But still, you can do everything else with the Neds app. You can get weird and exotic as well with the Neds same race multi. And, you know, there's no one else I'd rather bet with heading into the Brisbane Winter Carnival. Well, they also have a black book feature there, so you can black book ones for these prep runs into their grand finals. They have the futures markets there. You can do all that good stuff mm-hmm. with the good people at Neds. Mm-hmm. Damn right. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. All in all, it was a great day and, uh, you know, follow that up with uh – a different type of sport in the evening, uh, one that's usually played in casinos. <laughs> so basically, we built this big chalky wheel at Macca's house. We played chalky wheel. DJ, you return to the podcast, a man greater for a sporting extravaganza. I had a big weekend, didn't you, I? You did. Yeah. Talk me through it. Well, it all started uh, back in 1993, <laughs> January 7th. <laughs> nah, so I uh, was at the track on Saturday for the first day of the Winter Carnival. And how was that? It was outstanding, not going to lie. Uh, it was very busy at Doombin. Without being to the point where it was a bit uh, cumbersome, I'll say. <laughs> and I love that word. Yeah, it's a good one of the great words. Um, yeah, it was it was good. There was a lot of people there. Good atmosphere. You know, great day of racing. There was a few roughies that got up. There was a few odds on favourites that got up. So all in all, it was a great day. And uh, you know, follow that up with. Uh, a different type of sport in the evening, uh, one that's usually played in casinos. <laughs> so basically, we built this big chalky wheel at Macca's house. We played chalky wheel. Uh, no, and then on the Sunday, obviously, I uh, had to partake in Magic Round to watch my beloved Dragons get ravaged by the Sin Bin uh, early on against Storm, uh, the Melbourne Storm. But, you know, Magic Round was good. It was very busy. Uh, just love rugby league fans. Caxton Street, did you venture to? I did. I I may have had a dabble in the liquid gold beforehand. Stunning. Beautiful. Oh. Mother's milk. It was delicious. And let me just say that there's something really uh, special and sacred about a Brisbaneite having mother's milk prior to heading down to the cauldron, Lang Park, Suncorp Stadium, and watching some rugby league. There's just that is quintessential Queensland. Well, that's a rugby league pilgrimage, as far as I'm <laughs> it's, concerned. It's a rugby league pilgrimage. I reckon they should bring back the whenever the Blues play us up here. They should bring back the team bus 
they used to drive down Caxton Street and all the Queensland punters would come out in the street and rock the bus and <laughs> throw bottles at it and stuff like that. Uh, I couldn't imagine days. being in that bus. I'd be terrified. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being in that bus because there's no way I'd put on that jersey. Yeah, well, <laughs> that is a fair shout. But last time they beat Queensland in Queensland, is that 2005? Is that Joey? Are we going back that far? Oh, no, they've won in Suncorp Stadium more recently than that. Okay. Um, Just imagining stuff. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to start this podcast off with mm. is Magic Round. And brilliant concept, but strange that they brought in that, uh, I, I guess you call it crackdown. a crackdown on head-high contact. How are these for some stats? Three send-offs. Now... <laughs> It's too soon, but anyway, <laughs> keep going. Three send-offs. Um, when's the last time there was three send-offs in a weekend, let alone a rugby league season? Oh, God knows, mate. God knows. Uh, yeah, so Josh Papali, uh, family owner. I can't remember his first yep. name. He's a Dragons player. I should know. But. And Herman Easy Easy. Yeah. S-A-S-A. S-A-S-E was the silliest because it came just after the Dragons game and it was so blatant. But anyway. I know Fui Miano, if, apologies if that is not indeed your name, but his was pretty bad. Yeah. But separate to that, there was also 14 Simbins. Now, I, I was listening to some podcasting during the week, Bloke in a Bar and all those experts, and they were saying that Although there was a lot of send-offs and simbins, the amount that were actually head-high related was not that many. Like, obviously, the send-offs were of the simbins. It was probably a quarter of them, maybe a third of them. So, I thought that was quite interesting. But I want to ask you a question. Go on. As a, like, a fallout of a game of rugby league, Mm. is that the worst game in Dragons history? Yeah, we're, we've been blasted to smithereens. <laughs> Absolutely. We've had to recall Gerard Beale from the retirement slumber party he was hosting <laughs> to come put the red V back on and, and be a reserve because we don't have any centres left. On the weekend, we had Torrell. I just remembered his first name. Apologies, Torrell, uh, who got sent off and now is being suspended for five weeks playing in the centres when really he's more of a sort of lock second rower. In the 11th minute of the game, he oh, got sent off. Yeah. And long term, I I agree with what the NRL is doing because all the statistics around concussions and all the research going into concussions, it's for player welfare in the long term. And I don't think uh, the situation at the Roosters is helping either with Jake Friend retiring and Boyd Cordner stuck on the sidelines. Oh, certainly, yeah. And- Ten years ago, they would have they'd be still playing right now. Mm. Um, you know, you you would think. So we've come a long way in that research, and we we do have to take heed of that. So I I completely appreciate that it is something that needs to happen. But gee whiz, it was brutal sitting there in Suncorp, and I was I was just crestfallen because, like you said, in the eleventh minute, I thought if we win this game, it'll be the greatest Dragons victory. Of all time, apart from the grand final win in 2010, God bless them. And at halftime, mate, you were you were in the game. It was a great game for you up until halftime. But yeah. Oh, they showed some fights, so I can't be too disappointed. But as a 
supporter and I was in the Dragons section. So everyone around me was wearing a red V except for G, my girlfriend who goes for the storm, <laughs> which is funny. Um, and they, and yeah, they were just defeated because it just, in the 11th minute, you're like, okay, cool. We're going to lose this game now. But- okay. I don't want to rub salt into the wounds, but I am. <laughs> uh, play on. So, this is the fallout of this game of rugby league. So, you have Josh Maguire. He was simbing at the ninth minute, two minutes before uh, Fui Miano. Yeah. Fui Miano. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Fui. Um, so, ninth minute of the game, he gets simbined. Uh, he gets suspended twice throughout the game and he misses five weeks. Now, the first one that... Did that not just like bump up off his shoulder or the ball and he got sent off for that or Simbin for that? Who, Torrell? No, uh, Josh. No, it was a, it was like a, um, a hip drop. No, or was no, that the, the second one? No, that was the second one. So, the one he got Simbin for, he didn't oh, get- Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that it, was, was, it was a sort of a, a graze off the shoulder into that the was, head. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Anyway, so he gets five weeks. Fui gets five weeks and sent off. Uh, Rav- Ravalawa. Ravalawa. Yeah. He gets two weeks for a shoulder charge. That made no sense to me. And that was his first game back. After missing two weeks with a shoulder charge, yeah. Tariq Sims got a week. Yeah. I can't even remember what he did. Nor can I. Uh, McCulloch is in... Uh, he's 50-50 to play, is he? Yeah, he's name? 50-50, yeah. He's in the squad, but um, yeah. Ten stitches to his head. Uh, Dufty does his AC joint. So, by those calculations to me, that's approximately 20 weeks of injury and suspensions. Yeah, it hurts. It really does. I, yeah. also, I also read during the week that the Broncos are targeting Dufty. Oh, they may be. Who knows? Uh, to be honest, I haven't read a lot into rugby league news this week because <laughs> I was all rugby leagued out after a, a magic uh, round on the weekend. So. Or lack thereof. Yeah, so I was... I was I have seen the suspensions and I am disappointed. And that's just a, a real quick way to derail your season mm. uh, in, in one game. So, literally, it's it's tough to lose. And then, and then with, with the fallout, yeah, bring on 2022, I think. Yes, absolutely. Well, mate, you're going better than Planet Bronk. Let's put oh, it that way. Thank God we're not Planet Bronk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. So that's rugby league this week. But did you have anything that you wanted to chat about? Oh, look, that I, I pretty much wanted to um, cover off the fact that I was at the track and I really enjoyed it on the weekend. And I'll be going back this weekend. Uh, hung out with the mugs, uh, the mugs punning. Shout out on to Saturday, them. yeah. Shout out, gents, and saw that you've got some um, some merchandise. So they have. They let me run through this for you. <laughs> they have shirts, they have pins, and they have beanies. Yeah, how good I. Got given a free pin uh, on Saturday, so I'm very ecstatic for that. Thanks, Moz, for that. Mine must just be in the mail, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Or maybe they're just holding on to it until you meet them at the track. That is that one is, day this that, uh, this carnival. That would be like them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, give the mugs a follow. They have some brilliant merch. The beanies are looking very nice. They're the, they're the puffy ones. Yeah, you love to see it, and you know maybe. If you ever venture into the southern states, punters, uh, where a beanie might be a bit more appropriate because really, like I'm wearing a hoodie, I don't really need to right now. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe purchase one of them, punters, and take that on your journey down south if you're ever in the uh, off-season punting down there. 
That is some great advice. Yeah, you know, I'm just looking out for people's well-being. And so you should. Mm. But as we get into the rest of this podcast, what we wanted to do this week was a bit of deal or no deal. Remember mm. that? With yeah. Andrew O'Keefe. Andrew O'Keefe, that's his name. One of, my, one of the most cheerful chaps I've ever seen grace my television screen. Well, I thought the same up until this year because he's had a he's been some uh, some tomfoolery uh, this year. Is he in a bit of trouble? Is he a bit of hot water, old oh. Andrew? But mm. uh, the le- the more the less we say about that, the better. Mm. But deal or no deal. So this all comes off the back of we see it every single year. Around this time of year, Hong Kong comes no- comes a knocking. Mm. And they try and buy some of our up-and-coming stocks. So, this week, Queensland horse Orbison, the owners have knocked back $1.1 million to sell to Hong Kong. And I'm pretty sure that horse is from up north. So, and it's coming down to Brisbane to do its finest work. But the trainer, whoever you are, uh, was saying that they'd knock back 10 times that. Really? Well, I think it's just because they haven't trained anything any good. So, right, okay. you know, they're not they're not uh this is a basically a horse which is a potential avenue to put their training stocks on the map. Exactly right. Yeah, right. So, with that in mind, we're going to put up a deal or no deal. We're going to put up a horse and a price tag and then the other one is going to say deal or no deal and give us a reason why. Yeah. I like that, <clears throat> man. It's it's a it's a good concept and look, I was, I was looking into breeding for this to do a bit of background to see, you know, what is the, what is the true worth of a good cult? Mm. You're, you're sitting on a squillion if you've got a good cult, but anyways. That you are. And you can obviously play along in the car <laughs> at the gym. If you're screaming out deal or no deal with absolutely no context to the people around you, Mm. That's a bit of fun. Should have brought my golden briefcase. I know. I was I was thinking about yeah. it, but unfortunately, I'm not that gifted in briefcases. Yeah. You're not Andrew O'Keefe. I'm not. Oh, well. I don't have 25 of them in the studio, but <laughs> I'll kick it off. My cult, Moanga. So, he's won $700,000 in prize money. Mm-hmm. He's won a group one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to offer you $5 million for him, and I believe he's out of Savabeel. Right, okay. Which the stud fee is $100,000. Okay, so you offer me $5 mil. $5 mil. Okay. So, I think that with these cults, what you've got to sort of think about is, do they have a propensity to earn substantially more race, uh, racing prize money in mm-hmm. their career before they retire to stud? And with Mwanga, I sort of thought about it and how often do we see these three-year-olds uh, who are these sort of middle distance to, I guess, out to 2,000, 2,400-metre horses go on and do bigger and better things? Well, you think about his likely path in the future. We're talking Queen Elizabeth's, mm. Turnbull's, and if he gets out to it, Caulfield Cups. Exactly right, Is which are all- very lucrative races. However, is he going to be winning those? I don't think he's going to be winning those, mate. We saw some of the the big boy Group Ones that he raced in uh, post the uh, post the Rose Hill Guineas, which he won, and he just didn't do very well at all. Uh, so, I think that crop of three year olds is not that great. It so, stinks. It stinks. So, if you came a knocking and offered me five mil, I'd take it. Um, 
One of the horses that I looked at for comparison was Diargento. Great shout. So, Diargento won just over a mil in prize money mm-hmm. and won the Rose Hill Guineas, like Mawanga, but was fourth in a Doncaster and third in the Wink Stakes and second in an Epsom post that uh, Rose Hill Guineas victory. Mm-hmm. Standing for 16K a pop right now. Right. So... That's, in my opinion, that's a superior track record to Mwanga. And 16K for a service fee, let's say you service 100 mares in mm-hmm. a season. What's that? 100 times 16, 1.6 mil. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take a few years to get up to 5 mil. Mm-hmm. And that's a significantly better horse than uh, Mwanga. Plus, you've got to expect the progeny to go on and do good things Yeah, with that service fee. So... Look, all in all, I'm going to say deal to the five mil. Okay, interesting. That's um, a long, it's a long explanation, no, but it is very but that's the logic. You're very learned in your mm. uh, output. I guarantee you, I'm not going <laughs> to be the same. So that's okay, man. It's a deal for five mil. It's a deal for five mil. I, I would take that. I'll take that in hundreds. Thanks. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, do you want me to hit you with my cult? Yes, please. Okay, so I've got Portland Sky. So he's won five hundred and thirty thousand. So far, he's won a group one, the Oakley Handicap, mm-hmm. uh, over 1,100 meters. Mm-hmm. And he was second in the Billy Reed uh, over 1,200 meters, which is a weight for age. So, his sire, Deep Field. I like that. Goes for 55K a pop. That sounds like As a service fee. Stuff. He also is the sire of Isotope, which is another cracking mm-hmm. sprinter, uh, Philly. So, let's say that. Deep field services, uh, hundred meters in a season. That's mm-hmm. over five mil, mm-hmm. just there. But that's deep field. Yes, I'm going to offer you five mil for Portland Sky right now. Do you take it? Still has his nuts. He still has his nuts. Okay. See, if I was an owner, I think I'm knocking back five mil, mm. and I'll tell you why. Because mm. He's probably the most underrated three-year-old that we have mm. because I I don't think I remember a horse flying under the radar like Portland Sky has. No. Nah. He has done it against the older horses in the Oakley Plate and he somewhat did it. He ran out of his skin at wait for age mm. in the William Reed. Behind Mask Crusader. Yes. Mm. And you're seeing his progeny or, you know, stepsisters or whoever they Half-sisters. are. Half-sisters. <laughs> Stepsisters. <laughs> yeah. Doing well. Winning, like going well in black type races. Yeah. Mm. So, I'm willing to take the punt that, you know, he could have another good season, win another group one, whatever it is. And maybe it's another group one at, you know, the Mo- Mooney Valley, wherever yeah. it is. Could be like a Manicato. Could be- But he could even go for something bigger like a Lightning or something mm. like that. Yeah. So- I'm saying no deal to mm. that for Portland Sky. I'd say no deal as well because mm. I think if Portland Sky, uh, I think Portland Sky could win another million prize money before he gives it away in, in twelve months' time, mm. pretty comfortably. So that's mm. already He's won what so far five hundred thirty k. Okay, gee, mm. that surprises me. I oh, split the winnings in yeah. the Oakley Plate. Okay, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, good stuff. Gelding, Aegon. Mm-hmm. So, he's won $240,000 in prize money. Yeah, that's yeah. just in Australia, isn't it? 
I think that's career. Yeah, right. Okay. Career. So, but when he won, a big chunk of that was that group two or group three that he won in Sydney. Mm. And he beat a pretty decent field that day. But as we've said, the three-year-olds, are are they any good? Mm. I'm going to offer you $1 million to sell Aegon because that's what I've offered. I was going to give you a... a, a uh, justification why, but that's actually your job. That is my job. Uh, look, I'll, I will take the million bucks mm. for Aegon. Reason being, if you look at some other uh, geldings who are a bit older, let's take like a colding, for example. Mm-hmm. So, colding's what, five, maybe turning six mm-hmm. in September. He's won about five mil in prize money, colding, and he's a cracking, genuine group one horse. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Aegon's a, a cracking, genuine Group One horse. He, oh, it could be proven wrong. He could very well be. He could very well be. However, he'd need to win some significant black type races to get up to five mil. I'd want to cut my losses and take the one, take mm. the one mil. Even though theoretically he could race till he's eight or nine, you know, he he could be an absolute dud because, like you said, the three year olds not crash hot. So, from memory, he's a bit of a wet tracker. As well. He is too. So, you're praying for rain every time he bloody runs. Mm. Which, you know, if you're running him in Sydney, you're probably going to get it. Yeah. But in the races that he would be targeting over the mile, gee, the mile is probably some of our strongest stock in this great yeah. land of ours. Yeah. So, so deal for me. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, my gelding for you, young Werther, Oof. 675K uh, he's won so far. I'm offering you a mil. Deal or no deal? Oh, young Werther. Crikey. He takes a bit to get into his prep, doesn't he? He really does. He's going to lose me a lot of races. Mm. I'm thinking it from a punter's standpoint as well because (laughs) I believe when he does win, he's going to be double-figure odds for me. Mm. But I think he's probably a group three, borderline group two horse. So, oh, I'd probably say deal. Deal. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd probably take that too because one horse that I wanted to look at for a comparison was Who Shot the Barman, mm-hmm. who won 4.6 mil over his career. Melbourne and he retired help. at nine. Yeah. So, that's what I mean. But he, he was a genuine staying horse, you know, 2,000 plus, 2,400 more mm. so, who shot the barman. He did sometimes run the mile, but no, he, he was a stayer. And if that's what you're aiming young Werther to be, there's just nowhere near as much money up mm. up that end rather than the, the sprints. So, I'd probably take the mill as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, my filly for you, the last one is personal. So, she's won 1.2 million in prize money. Mm. But her last prep was checkered, I guess. Yeah, she had one good race where she finished second, yeah. I'm offering you two mil. Two mil. 100% I'm taking that. Yeah. 100%. Not not even really considering it. <laughs> oh, I just uh, I don't think she's that, she's that great. What would you have taken? I would have taken one mil. Okay. For personal. Maybe even less, mm. honestly. I so she's only really featured because she's been racing against people, her or people horses. She was racing against people. She'd win every race. Um, <laughs> she, she's um, she's racing against horses her own age. I think once she gets a bit older, I'd be very surprised if she goes on to bigger and better things. Especially with fillies, once they retire, uh, 
you know, I don't know, Phillies and mares or mares, sorry, can only probably give birth to foals maybe 10 times, I think it is, maybe mm. a dozen max in their in their lifetime. So you've got to be really picky with with that. Um, so they're not, and they're also not worth anywhere near as much as mm. uh, as your as your colt. So yeah, I would have taken a mil. I okay. reckon easy. Uh, September runs your filly, yes, Sprinter. So she's won one point three mil so far. Coolmore helps. Coolmore helps that. Uh, I'm offering you a mil. Deal or no deal? Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, she proved that she's not up to it against. The open ages uh, as a three-year-old. I don't think this right the the sprinting stocks aren't getting that much better. But I look at this group of two-year-olds and I'm getting scared. I'm getting spooked if I'm September on. Yeah, because I'm seeing stay inside. I'm seeing animo, and if any of them go from a colt to a gelding, holy smokes! There's some sprinting form coming through there. Mm. Classic legends coming back to Australia. Mars Crusade is doing brilliant stuff. Uh, so, yeah, September run a million. No. Yeah. I think I'd probably take it as well. Uh, I think out of all the horses we've been talking about, um, apart from probably Portland Sky, I think she's one who could turn it around. Uh, I think Portland Sky will be a good horse. I think she's one that could potentially turn around, but I'm taking a mill. So, she's actually by Exceed and Excel, who mm. is Bivouac Sire as well. Mm. So, maybe... They're just really good three-year-olds. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and they just uh, sort of peaked then. But, um, yeah, I'd, I would, I'd take the deal as well. Beautiful. Mm. Hope you like that, punters. Uh, let us know if you made a deal or a no deal. <laughs> uh, we're not going to transact because we just simply don't have that coin. <laughs> but on we go to the Doombin Cup. So, set weights, 2,000 metres, wait for rage. Previous winners, Might and Power, Durbridge, Dandy Andy. Dandy Andy. And the last horse to win this was the mighty Kanedna uh, in 2019. But since 2002, there's been 10 winners. Uh, sorry, 10 winners have come through the Hollandale Stakes. Now, the form out of that race this year was Zaki, who's come down from Europe and he's been absolutely fantastic. 50 stars uh, was second, who's now been scratched, and Shared Ambition ran into third, and I think Avilius ran into fourth. How do you see the Doom and Cup unfolding? Well, firstly, mate, just want to say it is a great field, and I really, really uh, hope that Brisbane Racing, or Queensland Racing rather, uh, really spruiks this up uh, leading into the weekend because it is a great field. What I sort of noticed was... Uh, looking at the speed map, who leads? Probably Sir Dragonet. Yeah. I think Sir Dragonet probably gets a nice seat. Brandenburg, potentially. I think Toffee Tongue can go forward, but would probably prefer to sit off the pace, uh, just on pace rather, behind the leaders. And I think J-Mac could take Zaki forward as well. Yeah, Zaki's he, – he is um, versatile. Yeah. Like he went back in the Donny – but he took a position in the Hollandale. So, yeah, right. Mm. Did you see what um, Annabelle Nisham, Zaki's trainer, said during the week? No, please indulge me. Oh, she said, I can't believe how well he's come out of that Hollandale stakes. Uh, he looks an absolute treat. Uh, he's been training really well throughout the week. Uh, and if anything, the dry track will suit. 
So she's oh, she's look, super keen. Looking at his form, uh, that's what I picked up as well. Mm. And he's my on top selection, Zaki. Mm. I just can't see how he's going to be running a bad race here. Especially because the other thing I take into consideration with these um, European horses, they either go one way or the other. They either thrive down under or they hate it. Mm. Now, one of the ones that has hated it is Southern France. Yeah, just done absolutely nothing. He was one of the favourites for the Melbourne Cup when he came over here. He finished second last (laughs) with my money on board. (laughs) But Zaki, he's... Been absolutely outstanding. Annabelle Nisham, she is probably, I'd say, most improved uh, uh, trainer out of the national training ranks, I'd say. Yeah. From a perspective where we didn't know that much about her going into the season. She only got her license like 12 months ago or something like that. Pretty sure she was by herself because she was working with Kira Ma and David Eustace. But she's outstanding. So, Zaki on top for mine, I think... Yeah, as you said, can sit close to the speed in a race where there isn't that much pace. Probably too wide, three wide if he needs to be. Doing no work. J-Mac hits the button. Thanks for coming. Yeah, J-Mac gave him a, a 12 out of 10 ride last start. So, I think there's a connection there. I, I think Zaki's going to be very, very hard to beat. Um to be honest, the, the only other horse I'm really considering uh, that could beat him is probably Sir Dragonette. Mm. Bossy had some strong words today, uh, which he likes to do before a race to fire himself up, which I respect. I completely respect that. He's I got love a, the theatre. He's got about a 50-50 strike right now. <laughs> he does. He's, he, he, does. Hasn't, he hasn't landed one of these for a while. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. But uh, Sir Dragonette's, uh, I think, coming back in distance uh, from the Tancred, in the Queen Elizabeth probably wasn't ideal with such a quick backup. And Bossy's come out and said that he didn't give him the best ride. They were sort of camping at the front um, in the Queen Elizabeth and he reckons that he took, should have taken Sir Dragonette forward. So I reckon he might ride him a bit more positively on Saturday. I don't think the good track's an issue. He answered that query uh, in the Tancred with the victory there. Uh, I think keeping this horse in work is a positive so I think the Marnuse stables have got that right. I think he'll run a cracking race. So for me, it's between those two. I'll probably have Zaki on top. That was a, he gave him a, an absolute um, lesson in, in racing last start. So that was really impressive, and I, I don't see a reason to jump off. Ruffy in this race, mate. Do you see any that you like? Not really. Um, I don't know. Could Natoya run a race? Oh, she could turn up. Yeah. You just don't know about that horse. Mm. She could turn up. There's a horse here who, you know, I'm a bit of a sucker for mm-hmm. uh, with the red and white striped silks, Toffee Tongue. The Tongue. Gets onto a good track, which she likes. Uh, 2,000 metres is a go. Five starts, two wins, two seconds and a first. Draws barrier three. I think she'll be right in there with a chance. So, if you are looking for some value punters, I think Toffee Tongue's probably your best bet at, at $19. Uh, Mugger two, what are your thoughts? Oh, what do you do with him? Uh, Bowman on board, tick, but thought he'd run a better race than he did in the uh, Queen Elizabeth. Mm. And look, he's had the nice run in the All-Star Mile, but admittedly uh, from the Chris Lee's camp, he's a wet tracker. And his form does suggest that he doesn't mind a good track, but against Zaki and uh, 
possibly even Sir Dragonette, who's kind of put that wet tracker, wet tracker, uh, oh my God, wet tracker tag. <laughs> wet tracker tag, say that quickly 10 times. <laughs> He's put that to bed. So I think those two are beating him home, but I do concede he's in with a chance. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's he's got the class. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Zaki for, for mine is probably on, on top at the moment with Sir Dragonette running second. And, yeah, toffee tongue into the placings. Yep, I've got the same top two and Mugger two into third. So, Zaki on top. Um, let's go into our juicy stakes for the week. So, last week we had... <laughs> A value play in the same race with uh, the stiffy old stiff Meiser who ran last. <laughs> and I had the frontman who ran second last. So another six pack to you. So I'm losing count of these oh, six packs. I don't, I don't know if we should count that. And uh, Mousy, my other bonus one, ran fifth. So just outside the top four that we're after. Yeah, each way. I had So You Win uh, as my each way who, get this, lost to Warning. Oh, no. By an absolute whisker. So, that was Warning's first win since he won the Derby a couple of years ago. So, you got to love that, punters, but um, you get that on the big jobs. I had Vega One as my each way who ran fourth. Um, yeah. He's just wasn't, he just wasn't up to that class, I don't think. So, lesson learned there. And my best hangman just was not flying as I suggested. <laughs> yeah, he was not. He was he was hung up. Um, my best bet, Ruby, my girl, Ruby Saki, lost to your girl, Brooklyn Hustle. Yeah, and I gave her a push too. You did give her a push. Uh, she was definitely the key danger and she proved to be. And Jay Carr, first time, one of the great oh, gear changes. Probably the best gear change, I think. Mm. But, um, oh, well. But on to this week, please, would you... Give me your value play of the day. I sure can. So, gave Toffee Tongue a bit of a spruik punters, but if you want to look outside of the Doom and Cup, uh, race six, number five, Spurcraft. 20 bucks at the moment. 23 on my screen 23 in front of me. on your screen. Bit of value there. Uh, so, when he resumed in the Gold Coast, he was just run off his legs um, on a wet track. Definitely prefers a good track. Uh, there'll be a nice speed in this race, so I think he'll get every chance uh, over the distance of 1,100 metres. Um, there's a few other chances in, the ra- in that race, Sugar Boom, Kneedorp, uh, a couple of key chances, but I think 23 bucks, it's worth a shout, Spurcraft, number five. Yep, well, nicely done. I want you to go to the last race on the card for me, and I want you to look at number 17, Designs. I did look at that horse. Is that the emergency for race nine? It is. Now, just trying to get this to load punters, apologies, but Damien Lane in the saddle, which spiked my interest. <laughs> That's an interesting booking for an emergency. So, Why is Damo taking the ride there? Why is he? Mm. But finished behind Fortified Less Start by less than half a length, uh, and there's been two sub- subsequent winners out of that race. I think he's better- or it is better. I don't know if it's a filly or, it's or a, a filly. It's a filly. I think she's better than the $23 that was on offer. Mm. So 26 do- is right now on my screen. Um, yeah, that's not a bad shout. She's got a great silks, I'll tell you that much for free. I, I knew you'd love that. So <laughs> have we had any scratchings? Uh, we have not as of yet, okay. but keep an eye on that, punters. I think. Uh, in that race, there's some key money coming for Bargain and Grace and Harmony, which is fair enough. But, um, yeah, if you want to take them on, I think Designs is a great shout reading into that form. 
Yep. So we only need one scratching there. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Each way. Uh, my each way. <laughs> Speaking of red and white silks, uh, if you go to race eight, uh, number eight, groundswell. Mm. Eight dollars. So <laughs> race eight, number eight. They probably run eighth now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, he's he's been good his last two races. Um, picked up a couple of victories. Uh, yeah, I think he's drawn well here in uh, barrier eight. Should be right on pace and we'll have every chance. And at $8, definitely worth uh, an each-way play. Tell you what, that is got that race has exotics written all over it. You could put punters, Groundswell, Rainier, Tefane, and Garibaldi into a, yeah, a trifecta and that thing will pay anything. There's definitely some value in that race for sure. Um, yeah, saw Tefani in there. I was like, I wonder if Hacho will have a spec on the weekend. I won't, but if I was to have a bet on that race, which, you know, in all likelihood I will, uh, <laughs> I think Rainier is a great shout in that race. Yeah, yeah, Rainier um, is a good shout. He's much more consistent as he gets older. Bowman on the back. I'm a bit of a Hugh fan these days. Anyway, um, my each way, I want you to go to race six on the card and I want you to look at number two, California Zimble. California Zimble, yep. $10 last night, not into $9 now. If I was to have one bet all weekend, it'd be on this thing each way. Mm, very fair. J-Mac on the back, uh, draw as well. Likely get to get a good track, which I do think suits her. Um, the big thing in the form guide, which you will not see, but she's five weeks between runs here. First up, she's five runs, three wins, a second and a third. I'm treating that as if she's first up here. Nice freshen up. I think she's drawn perfectly. J-Mac on board for the Snowdens. She'll be awfully, awfully hard to beat. Mate, speaking of J-Mac... I'm hoping he has a bloody field day on the weekend. Tell you how much for free. Uh, so my best of the day uh, in race five, uh, number ten, uh, Legay Soleil. I think is how you'd probably pronounce it, or Legay Soleil, or Legay Soleil. <laughs> Legay Soleil. Yeah, bit of a mouthful. But uh, Johnny O'Shea horse, J Mac on the back. Barrier eight. Uh, what I like about this horse compared to the favourite Paradis, who I'm also a fan of, is that this is this horse is third up, um, likes a good track, going up in distance and down in weight. Paradis is a good horse and was great last prep, uh, but I think might be a bit bit more vulnerable first up uh, over the distance. So yeah, absolutely, first up over a mile. Yeah, uh, I think she's better when she gets out two thousand plus. So. Happy to take her on uh, with Legay Soleil. J-Mac will know how to get her into a good place. Um, 55 and a half kegs on the back with the top weight being Paradis. So at 58 and a half, Graceful Glamour will provide plenty of speed. Um, so yeah, should have every chance. That's my best of the day. Graceful Glamour has had an awful time of it recently, but yeah, she always puts herself out there and she'll probably get a good track. Yeah, she, she will. So I think she's a danger as well, despite her recent form, but I've gone against her uh, due to that. Yeah, fair enough. I've got Zaki as my best of the day. Yeah. Um, I think he's a cracking bet. I was way more keen when he was over three bucks. 250 is getting close to rock bottom odds for mine. But yeah, Zaki yeah. and California Zimble, I'm very keen, keen on. Okay, excellent. I think Zaki's a good bet too. Um, if he gets any shorter than that, don't know if I'll be playing at that price, but um, definitely one for, for multis, I think. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs>
But I think that's all she wrote. Yeah, mate. How good? At the track again this weekend. So if you want to heckle me, punters, go for it. Do it. Please do. <laughs> uh, I will not be there this weekend, but I will be there over the next six weeks or so. It's good, mate. It's good news. Yeah. But until then, punters, we will see you next week. Best of luck.